Hello everybody and welcome back to our little show, our little show in the funny little corner of our world that we call, actually no we don't say where we are because that gets me in trouble. It's called Nuggetsville. Nuggetsville in Nuggetstown. Nuggetshire. On the planet Nuggetron. Which is nearly what you guys were called until you became called Nuggeteers because it was voted for by those who were listening at the time. Thank you, poor people. I'm glad you went for Nuggeteers. I'm not sure how I feel about Nuggetrons now. (laughs) Get a load Um, of these Nuggetrons. I like Nuggeteers. It just works. Yeah, it does. It just works. Mind you, we need to have a chat about that before we do the last bit, but that's not for now. This is not a production meeting. Got told off for that last time. So... Today's show, right, we have an awesome show today, this is seriously a lovely guy, I met him through the wonderful world of the internet, um, chatted with him and and asked him to come on the show, um, because his story is, oh, interesting, (laughs) yeah, it's not what you expect, is it? No, and I will say this now, from this point of, and we said this last week on the show, if you were listening, from the point of view of listening to it and go making an early decision, yeah, don't do that. Just listen through because it gets yeah. it starts interesting. But you might I know some people listen to the show and go, "Oh, this is you know, oh this is a coach or this yeah. is about social oh, media." We're or talking whatever. marketing today. That, I don't yeah. need. Yeah, so different people have different things that they have preferences to listen to, and that's fine. But this one goes in a lot of different directions. And also, um, I will use this word again later on and explain, but I think it's quite profound as well. Yeah, and and I'll be honest with you, mate, the bloke in charge of the interview, it went in directions that he didn't expect to. (laughs) <laughs> in charge is a strong phrase. <laughs> I find it's a bit like I'm holding on to the reins. Yeah. But there's about 250 horses. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them are communicating with each other. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really is an awesome interview. Um, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Um, I have a feeling that once you listen to this one, it'll make a lot of our listeners think very differently about other people. Yeah. And possibly possibly themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So on that, should we go to the show? Yeah. Let's go over to Tyler. Newton's Nuggets! Ladies and gentlemen, this September the 18th of 2022... I am doing a one-man show at the Hangar Farm Arts Centre. Now, there's going to be two shows, one's at 4 o'clock and one's at 7.30. The most expensive ticket is £15. You can get a 45-quid family ticket and you get to spend a couple of hours with me. Now, I'll be honest with you, Jesse will tell you not to go because that's like the worst experience ever. But it'll be a fun show. Come along, have a laugh, watch me do some mind reading and tell some stories. Hopefully, I will see you there on September the 18th, 4 o'clock and 7.30. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. You know how much this means to me, guys. Um, Right. Today's guest, this is a bit of a weird one for me, because what I did was I went into this place where I know that there's some amazing podcast guests. And I said on there, I do this. This is the podcast. This is how we run it. 
but I want people that are different, that have a story to tell, that have something amazing to tell me about. And I'll be blatantly honest with you, Tyler, his response grabbed my attention so quickly, it was unbelievable. Now, I'm not going to tell you why it grabbed me just yet, because I think that's for Tyler to tell you. So let me introduce you straight away to Tyler Hall. Tyler, say hello to everyone. Hello. Thank you, Paul, so much for being here. Such a warm introduction. Um, mate, do, do you know what? Newton's Nuggets is all about us having fun and trying to help as many people as we can. And, and if that means I'm meeting people on, on Facebook and chatting with people and finding out their backstories and going, oh, there's a story there. I love that. And I mean, me and you haven't met before. So this is going to be a really interesting chat for me. I'm literally going to be finding out loads about you if that's all right. That is totally okay. And I love the mission because I think there is so much power in personal stories. Like I think we all have a story to tell and um, I choose to tell an empowering story with my life. Good man. And right. And I know that some of the choices you had, mate, I think you're right. If you tell your story, there is a lot of people that could be helped with this. So on that note, I'm going to ask you the first question that everyone expects me to ask Tyler. Tyler Hall. Who are you? What do you do? And why should people listen to me and you chatting on our podcast? Well, my name is Tyler Hall. I'm a certified transformational life coach. Uh, I support people in kind of unleashing their dreams and stepping into their own inner power. Um, I'm really big on personal empowerment, telling the empowering story, uh, being the victor of your life versus being the victim of life. Um, and people should listen to me because I do have an empowering story to tell um, that I think most people would find when I tell this story, most people actually find it almost unrealistic. Like they question me on the authenticity of the story. It's 100% true. Um, it's 100% authentic. And um, to me, I think it's one of the most empowering stories that we can tell as humans. And uh, the story that I have to share today is all about my parents' drug addictions. Uh, both of my parents are recovering crystal meth addicts. Um, I found that out when I was 25. I am now 29. I uh, learned at 25 about their history of addictions, not just with crystal meth, but with everything, uh, you know, what, ranging from marijuana to drugs and alcohol and everything in between. And it really threw me for a loop, as I think it would anybody who uh, knows their parents and thinks they know their parents. And what I found out about them and their history and their backstory just really tripped me up and um, honestly shaped the person I am today. Mate, you say, right, I, there's a couple of things you, you said there. And to anyone listening to this, this is going to be a subject that will upset some people this is going to be a subject that will be hard for some people i honestly think as part of nuggets we have to touch on these tough subjects every so often um we know we've done stories on here about cancer survivors we've done stories on here with people that have had illnesses that could have taken them away we've done stories here of people that that, that had their own families and then because of bereavement suddenly had families like two times the size and had to become parents of more kids and just carry on. And some of these people, 
seriously, Tyler, some of these people, I look at them and go, I don't think I could have done that. Now, I, I know I'm from a privileged point of view here because I had two parents that loved me and my brother to bits, did not get addicted to anything, built their own businesses and pushed me and my brother to do whatever we wanted to do to be as happy as we could be. And actually, the focus in our family was always happy. The amount of money you did, you, know, you earned didn't matter too much. It was all about the happy. Mm-hmm. So when you said to me, Paul, I, I, I basically got through my parents being addicted to meth. I was just like, what the hell? I've never even spoken to somebody who understands crystal meth. So how long were they addicted to this? When did they realize that they had to get out of it? You also mentioned other drugs and alcohol. I think alcohol is one of the worst drugs out there if you get too far gone with it. But, but please, mate, tell me how it affected you. Yeah, great, great questions. You know, it's so hearing you talk about your parents um, actually reminds me of my parents to some degree. Like, you know, I think one of the biggest things when we when we hear drug addiction is that we think these low life people who, you know, are disgraced from society and who shouldn't be around. And I have so much love and respect for my parents. I mean, they've made some really, really poor choices in their lives. Um, but I love them, you know, and, and they gave me growing up, they gave me a really great life, you know, and it wasn't until, and I, and my story, I think pivots on pivots on like before crystal meth and after crystal meth, because before crystal meth, like I didn't know. I didn't know there was a problem. They were drinkers. They sm- I knew they smoked pot. They were very open about this stuff with me. Like even in high school, I remember the first time I ever got high, I came home and I celebrated with my mom. I was like, mom, guess what? I smoked a joint last night for the first time. And she was like, wow, yeah, that's wow, my Tyler, boy. Right. Seriously, mate. If I'd said that to my mom, she would have, no, she would I, I nearly said she'd have whacked me, but she wouldn't have. She would <laughs> actually, she'd have done the worst thing that she could do to me and my brother, which is give us a certain look. That meant you've disappointed me. You've let me down. You've done. There is no way I w- could have admit that to my mum at all. It was a very like. With it. it was a very open relationship. Like we had a very honest relationship, and I was, and I, I had a lot of trust, and there was a lot of confidence, and in my mom, and, um, and so it was a very like, like I said, I was a mama's boy growing up, and you know, I knew, I knew my parents were pot smokers, you know, from a young age and, and I knew they were drinkers and there was some problems there with the alcohol. And I agree. I think alcohol is one of those addictions that doesn't get enough coverage or we pass it off as socially acceptable. Um, yes. Socially acceptable. Cause it's legal, right? So it's yeah. Like- yeah. And it, and it's like, and there's high functioning alcoholics who, who get drunk every night and then go to work with hangovers and like nothing wrong with that. But the minute you tell somebody, you know, like my parents are crystal meth addicts, they're like, whoa, like it's a big shock, but it's like, yeah. it's no different than anybody who's addicted to alcohol or addicted to, to cigarettes or addicted to sex. Like whatever the addiction is, I think they all play an equal 
kind of they have the ability to equally destruct lives um but yeah growing up like it was wonderful like i didn't i didn't have really any problems there was fighting my parents fought like normal couples while well, i thought it was normal but they used to like actually get into massive screaming fights and like kind of get angry and break things and i thought that was normal um and so it was kind of this like when 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 i found out that they were both addicted to crystal meth it like amplified everything and then i realized just kind of how messed up my entire childhood was <laughs> thinking all of these things were normal um and yeah, I, I mean, it caused me a great deal of trauma, but at the same time, like it was such a pivotal turning point in my life in terms of like, how do I handle the situation? Yeah. But you're right. You've said a few things there that really piqued my interest. The, the, and you're right. When you said to me about the parents on crystal meth, my imagery of what Hollywood has told me is a crystal meth addict is what came to my mind. Okay. So I'll be honest with you, mate. I'm now imagining a kid trying to fend for himself because he's the only one that's straight in that family. I did not imagine you saying to me, I had loving parents. Okay. And for me, I'm now going, what's a hold on? So you can function while you're on meth. And then you said, you have high function and alcoholics, which I know about. I know some of them. And you're right. Those people take themselves into a deep, dark well almost every evening. And then the next day, they're there at their office job functioning and people don't realize what they're going through. Hmm. So it's similar to that. They, they are very good with it and they can hide what they're doing. I, again, I'm no expert in crystal meth addictions. Um, I would say my parents fooled me. <laughs> um, I had no idea. Like that's when I actually found out what it was, I was like blown away. And, you know, again, growing up, knowing that my parents smoked pot and um, knowing that they popped pills and things like this, like I, I assumed that the, like, cause there was leading up to to the explosion or leading up to the, like the actual day when I found all of this out, um, you know, I knew there was something weird going on. They were starting to be different than what we knew them. My dad became very schizophrenic, like paranoid, hearing voices, seeing people, uh, accusing people of certain things. Like, I mean, it was, there was clear mental deterioration happening. Um, no. But again, we just thought we were like, oh, maybe they're smoking, you know, too much or maybe they're like popping too many pills or, you know, maybe, maybe it's, who knows, maybe it's a brain tumor. Like, I mean, we were all thinking like something's going on, like something's not wrong, not right here. We just never expected the crystal meth. Like that was the big no. one because it's like, again, you don't just go around doing crystal meth or smoking crystal meth, you know, kind of thing. And it's not like the everyday drug, like alcohol or cigarettes or marijuana kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and actually you say that we, both of us so far in this conversation have, have almost thrown in the um, smoking a joint, having marijuana, but there's so many different strains and strengths of that that it kind of bothers me that both of us happily just lump it into one word and move on. Because 
right, I've got friends that got very into marijuana. And then they start trying to get stronger and stronger strains and breeds and, and growing plants and cultivating different plants to make it harder and to make it stronger. And to the point that I know some of them were hallucinating from smoking a joint. But then you talk to other people and you go, oh, no, 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 if you just smoke a joint, it's just relaxing. It's very, very different drugs, mm-hmm. all under the same name, which is just blows my mind, completely blows my mind that as a, as a whole culture, we just go smoking a joint and forget it, right? Mm-hmm. Massively different things to what one person who over here just goes, it relaxes me, and the other person over here is hallucinating that they're being chased by some childhood cartoon because they've smoked a joint. Really messes my head up. Um, so for you then, what, in this situation it could have been very easy for you to go down the route of smoking all the time, drinking all the time, even getting into meth yourself. So what do you think is different about Tyler Hall that made him decide that's not the route? You know, that's a great question. And I've reflected on this a lot over the last couple of years. And I think for me, I think it's, Again, at the time, I don't think I was conscious of it, but now looking back, you know, and, and that reflection of seeing my parents, seeing, you know, how they acted when they were drinking, seeing, um, and not just them, like I have so many family members who drink and, um, you know, who, who do various drugs and things like that. And seeing those family members, um, and the effects that it was having on them and their lives. Like I just knew from a young age, like I didn't want to end up like my parents. Like I didn't want to be in that tough space in life. Um, And, you know, really, I think, I think it's, it's their, how they ended up, which is what really influenced me to get into life coaching. Um, And, you know, it started for me as like a personal journey of development and, making sure that I was mentally strong, spiritually strong, uh, physically strong, you know, just all around like healthy and in control. I think that was a big motivation for me was seeing how much control they lost when they were on different substances. And I didn't want to give the power of my life over to a substance. Mate, I'm so with you there. Because I can't handle that feeling. That thought panics me. Um, Even to the point that if you ever meet me and I'm happily drunk, I'll say happily drunk. I have a level of drunk that I am happy with. And going past that, I don't like. Now, I think that's because when I was younger, I ran and managed a lot of pubs and bars. And you see people who come in and they're lovely and they're nice and they're happy and they're friendly. And then three hours later, they are the most arrogant git you would ever meet the the type of person that i would never want to socialize with and the only difference really has been six points of whatever they've drunk and and seeing these people when you are stone cold sober seeing those people that you think three hours ago i loved him to bits he was brilliant now i'm thinking about kicking him out because he's been so rude to some lovely people mm-hmm. remember even back then thinking that doesn't happen to me that that's never happening to me 
Um, so is that pretty much the effect this had on you? Kind of, yes. I would say, you know, I like how you said that happy drunk. Um, you found a level that you can reach that you feel in control and feel like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make any stupid choices. You know, I think for me, I'm 29 now in my early twenties, I had to go out and kind of explore those levels. Um, you know, I can't sit here and say that I am a hundred percent, a perfect person who has never, you know, done anything reckless. Um, there was, so many times in my life when it came to alcohol where I would push way too far and yeah. to the point to where, you know, one night I spent three nights sleeping on the streets of Chicago um, because I got too drunk and too high um, and I got thrown out of the bar <laughs> um, and my friends tossed me into a cab and I ended up you know, throwing up in the cab and then the cab driver kicked me out somewhere in the, in the middle of Chicago and I fell asleep on the curb. Um, so like, like, I think for me, I went through my own journey of experimenting how my body reacts to alcohol, how my body reacts to marijuana. Um, I've even, I've even done harder drugs, but it was all like, like, I think growing up and, and seeing how socially acceptable it was, like my parents were so very open with it. It was like, sure, I can try all of these things. And then I realized I was like, I don't like what it's doing to my body. I don't like what it's doing to my mind. I don't like, I don't like how I feel the next day. Like the hangover is the worst thing for me. I cannot stand being hungover. Um, and I just don't see why anybody would choose to live their life that, that way. And what I found is when we turn to substances, what we are doing is we are trying to numb some sort of pain that has happened in our, in our past. We're trying to cover up something that is hurting us. And like, for me in my early twenties, the thing that I was covering up was my own sexuality. Like I was I was ashamed to be gay. I was insecure in my body. Um, and so I turned to alcohol and to drugs to kind of numb some of that. And, you know, it made me confident when I went out. It made me confident to dance and kind of express myself. Um, but I would always push myself too far. Like, I think some of us, we can easily turn it off. Sounds like you can do that, Paul. I can't. The minute I start to drink, I don't know how to turn it off and until, you know, until I've started to learn how to like find those levels and things like that. So that's me. That's my story. Is that like, is that like I, I experimented with it and I realized that I was simply numbing. And I think that's what most people do. I, unfortunately, I agree with you, mate. Um, I think it's weird. Now, again, because of my parents and the way they brought me up, it's quite funny because pe people close to me know that I could not care much less about somebody trying to push me into doing something. Because to be honest with you, the more you try and push me into doing something I don't want to do, the less chance there is of me doing it. And it was always the same with drinking. My, my dad is an ex-rugby player and an ex-truck driver. And he's such a lad's lad that it was unbelievable. 
But he always taught me, if somebody tries to push you one way, there's normally a reason. And that reason is not normally very good for you. Okay, so only care about the things that are good for you. And I can still remember people trying to push me to get to me to try things or trying to push me to, to get more drunk. And I'd just go, no, nah, I'm good. And then, and then you'd get the old things of, oh, you're too chicken, aren't you? And I would just go, don't care what you think. Carry on. And I, I, that is down to my, my dad, 100% down to my mum and my dad, giving me and my brother the attitude of, we don't care what you think. And, mate, some of the things you've just said. Right. So tell me then, tell me now, if you don't mind, how did you come to life coaching? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blatant here. You've seen my post. You've seen what kind of my attitude on social media. Okay. And one of the things I said was, do not come to me and tell me you're a life coach that's a bit different. And you came to me and you went, I'm a life coach, but this is my backstory. And I went, I'm in. I want to chat. <laughs> so what, what brought you to life coaching? Sheer coincidence. Uh, right timing. Um, what, you know, I, I went to college in Chicago and that's where I got my degree. I have an undergrad degree in documentary filmmaking. Um, I was always fascinated by life. I've always been fascinated by life. Uh, I've always been fascinated by people's stories. That's why I studied specifically documentary filmmaking. Um, and I graduated with the degree and my first job out of college, I was filming legal depositions, which is not very exciting. It's, it's recording testimony. Uh, it's listening to hours and hours of arguments over insurance litigation and fraud. And thing. I mean, I'm literally scratching my eyeballs out. Um, and no, I would have to... been out of that room so quick. Ugh, it was, no. it was, it was horrible. And I was like, and I was, and I was just in this space of like, I want to do something more meaningful with my life than yeah. to record, you know, litigation. And I realized I didn't necessarily love filmmaking. What I loved was connecting one-on-one -on -one with people and having the deep conversations. And one day I just happened to be uh, on a case and the court reporter and I were uh, talking and she was, we were having a deep conversation and she goes, have you ever thought about becoming a coach? And at the time I thought she was like football coach or, you know, a sports coach. And I was like, do you know me? Like, no, that's not, I'm, I'm the least athletic person in the, probably the world. And she goes, no, I'm talking like a life coach. She goes, you just think differently than most people. And I think your voice could make an impact in the world. And so she just kind of lit me up and saw something in me. And so I checked it out and I fell in love with the career. Um, and I don't, you know, it's weird. I don't think I have a job title. I think I have a calling. Um, I don't do this to make money. I do this to make impact. Um, and I'm on a mission. And, you know, I, I think that's what got me into, into coaching. And, um, and it was coaching that actually pulled me through when my parents, when all of this happened with my parents, because I had started training. I'm a, I got certified as a health and a life coach. Um, and I was going through my certification process when all of this was happening, like 
the drugs, the meth. Um, and I think it was the training that saved my life and that kept me moving forward instead of staying stuck or being pulled into that victim kind of mindset that I easily could have fallen into. But it's a really easy mindset to get dragged into, isn't it? And so I'm actually that I worded that badly. It's a really easy mindset to find yourself in. Because once, if you're going along at 50 miles an hour, going, this is my life, this is my path, I know where I'm going, I'm happy with this, and then suddenly somebody drops a rock or a boulder right in front of you, you just hit it full on. And I cannot, I cannot see how your parents admitting that they're meth addicts is anything other than a massive crash in your life, okay? And if you choose to just stop there, that, that is a choice that a lot of people would make. But instead, what you've done is you've gone, I'm going to get myself through this, and then I'm going to help other people get through this. And, and for that, Buzz, hats off to you. Well done. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, mate, seriously, the thing I love about you coming onto this show is – Yes, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to tell people where to find you. And I'm going to say to people, if anything you've said, it's a nerve of them and they think that you can help them, get in touch. But the fact is, you could help loads of people just by being here. Me and you won't earn any money from that. Mm -hmm. But if we just help one person because they go, this, this guy was ashamed of his sexuality. This guy was finding himself doing more drink, more drug. His parents did this, and he's turned his life around to do this, and he's found his own calling. Mate, that's massive. Hmm. And, and seriously, from me and from, any, from all the people that I know will listen to this, okay, thank you. Thank you very much for being here. Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about what you're doing and what your future entails. Okay. How do people work with you at the moment? Well, I, um, I'm just launching, I'm actually just launching a new online program called Unleash Your Dreams. Um, and the whole, it's a 12 week program that's really focused on helping people slow down and get intentional about the life that they are creating. Um, and there's a, to me, I've been on my own personal growth journey now for like 12 years. It started in high school. And, you know, you, ju you just said something beautiful uh, when you were speaking. You know, most people were going through life running at max speed. We're flying through everything. And so when something happens, you know, it feel, we come to a halting stop and there's so much momentum that, you know, with the force and, and because we're conditioned to be moving at max speed all this time, we never give ourselves a chance to stop and reflect and like slow down and get intentional. And, you know, my, the first, I'm going to say the first kind of halting moment in my life happened right as I was graduating from high school. Um, I was on that path. I was moving so fast at my dreams at the time, I thought I was going to become a Broadway stage manager. Like I wanted to be, um, I wanted to stage manage on Broadway. 
tour the world uh, with a production company. Like I was a theater kid um, through and through. And I was about to go off to university and I realized that I couldn't financially afford the university that I was going to. And so that was like the first like wall that I hit. Um, and it literally stopped me dead in my tracks. And I was forced to take a step back and reassess life. And so I think that moment in my life is what has inspired my path and what inspires my life coaching about actually, instead of letting the walls hit you, slowing down enough to see the potential walls, walls that are coming and being kind of in control versus always being slapped in the face. Cause like you can only hit a brick wall so many times before you just give up. But if we're moving at a, at a reasonable pace in life, uh, that impact is not as hard and we can actually either maneuver around the brick wall or hit it without damaging ourselves as, as hard as we do. Uh, Tyler, do you know the film Ferris Bueller at all? Yeah, of course. Mate, there's a line that he says in there about life moving way too fast. And if you don't slow down every so often and appreciate it, what's the point? And, and exactly. you're saying, just slow down, look around, make some decisions about if this is the way you want to be going and why yeah. not. Um, right. People know that Jesse sends me notes every so often while I'm doing an interview with somebody. And, and Jesse knows that I'm a theatre kid at heart. That's, that's where I start. I love theatre. I've loved musical theatre. And he's just sent me a note saying, try not to talk about theatre for the next four hours. <laughs> he knows that when I meet another theatre buddy, I'm off. I, I, mate, I love musical. I've worked in West End musicals in London and, and I love the lifestyle. Some amazing people. Mm -hmm. Something that, that bothered me there about what you said was earlier you said that you you understood your sexuality but you felt ashamed of it whereas i found all the theater kids that i were around were the most supportive about different people and different sexualities to the point that um it was almost a joke that i was the weird one because i was straight mm -hmm. and and all of these amazing friends of different colors creeds age race sex but everything would just go, hey, Paul's weird because he's the straight one. And 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 we kind of, that was our joke, you mm -hmm. know? And I don't know, mate, it upsets me a bit that it, you felt ashamed when you shouldn't have been. So, you know, I love that you're bringing this up. I grew up in Texas in the United States. Um, we're in the South. <laughs> Right. So, um, so where and, I'm South British, I, I've heard stories, but I now don't know how much I trust because you know how much of that is controlled by media and other people's mm -hmm. stories. So, and, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, when I, when I joined theater, you know, even, even as early as like middle school, like I knew I was aware of my sexuality. Um, and, and I wanted it to be a safe space, but, you know, it still wasn't a safe space. Like there was no openly gay. We had, when I was a freshman, there was one senior and I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he was open, but um, he may not have been actually out, um, but nobody was out. Nobody was open about their sexuality in high school. 
And now, I mean, it's a different narrative now. Um, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, so much diversity now in terms of sexuality and, and gender identity and all of these kind of things. And, um, and so it's, a, you know, it's, it's become a safe space or a safer space to be. Um, it yeah. just wasn't when I was g- growing up. Um, and it wasn't until I moved out of Texas and moved to Chicago that I actually felt open and safe and like, and then it was confusing. Like, I think, you know, part of the drinking was caused because like now you're exploring all of these things and you're learning so much about yourself that it's like, oh, you know, for me, it was, it was coming into my sexuality, you know, being gay, but then also recognizing like, you know, where I fell on, on the sexuality spectrum and where I fell into gender identity. Like I didn't even know any of these things existed. I just thought you were gay or straight or bi. And then all of a sudden it was like this whole alphabet opened up and it was like, you know, there's asexual, there's, you know, gender fluid, you know, there's queerness, you know, learning all of these things. Like I was very sheltered in Texas. I didn't know, I didn't have the language to kind of, express myself and Chicago gave me that platform to really start to express myself and start to like get comfortable with totally Tyler. Um, and so it was very confusing. And I think, you know, the, the drugs, the drugs and the alcohol that I did in Chicago, it was, it was an opportunity to kind of numb out some of that pain and some of that fear that I was experiencing as I was trying to understand myself. Mate, you've been through so much, Tyler, and I'll be blatant, mate, you're still sat there smiling and happy to share, which, as as we mentioned earlier, hopefully this will help people that you and I may never know about. Um, Weirdly, a few weeks ago now, we had an interview with a lady called Taz Thornton, who's uh, happily lesbian, married, and in the interview, we were talking about things, and I was talking about the fact that I've got loads of friends who, who are different types of all anything you can think of and then she said to me she goes yeah that's that's lovely Paul and I know that if I'm with my wife in front of you we can be open she goes but we're still in a world where if she books a holiday for her and her wife they have to think is anyone going to be worried that we're sharing a bed or is anyone going to find it weird when we hold hands and then that blew my mind again because in my world that shouldn't matter Mm -hmm. it just shouldn't yeah. And in her world, she has to worry about it. And and I, I think you're right. I think we're going the right way, okay? The world is a lot more open right now. The world is listening better now. I'm hoping in the next 10 years, even you and I will sit back and go, we're amazed how far this has come. I, I know we will. Um, you know, I again, it comes down to choice. Yeah. I can sit here and be angry or upset or scared um, about the future, or I can just be hopeful in the presence, you know? And a lot of times we, we, you know, a lot of times we, we get stuck because we're either thinking about, terrible things that happened in our past 
or we're worried about terrible things that could happen in our future. And we're not just experiencing the beauty and the power of this present moment. You know, isn't that a beautiful way to look at it? Yeah. And beautiful way to look at it. And that's what going back to my parents and, you know, now I call it the aftermath instead of the aftermath. It's the aftermath. Um, And in, in that moment or in those moments, the only thing that I had was the presence like things were unraveling so quickly, so fast. I was yeah. learning new things each day. We were every morning, the joke became like, what's going to happen today? You know, because so much of my world was changing around me so frantically and so fast that the only thing that I could do in that moment was just be present, just take it moment by moment. And, you know, to me, going through going through that process was one of the greatest gifts because it really did teach me the power of presence. Mate. Right. If I can't offer you much here, Tyler. Okay. I mean, I'm on the other side of the world too. Okay. <laughs> me and you met because of Facebook and some social media stuff that we both did. But what I would love to offer you, if you want to connect properly, if you want to stay friends with me and connected on, on any social media, yeah. I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a funny feeling that me and you could chat for hours about oh, many things. Absolutely. I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah. I'm a talker <laughs> and a listener. Worst combination. Really bad. Um, right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the question that I warned you would come up at the end. Okay. So what is the one nugget of information you want everyone that listens to this show to walk away with today? You know... I had a I had a prepared statement, but I'm gonna drop that. Um, I, I really think it to me, I think it comes down to, you know, this is your life. You have the ability to make it what it is. Um, we have the beauty and the power of choice. And so you can choose you can choose the negative or you can choose the positive and whatever choice you make, it's not the wrong choice. It's, it's the choice that you made in that moment. Um, and don't let the, the past choices determine your future realities. Um, because, you know, the future is unpredictable, unpredictable. Um, and the past doesn't matter. And so I think, just being present and connected to who you are right now in this moment. Like that's the key to all of this. Tyler, seriously, mate, what you just said there about us having the beauty and the power of choice. That's dude. That's a message you got to spread. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Tyler. Thank you so much for taking time out and talking to some dodgy bloke from Britain. Who's got this little (laughs) podcast that he's hoping is helping people. Um, You are an absolute gem. Uh, Tyler, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Yes. Well, thank you, Paul, so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. Uh, Thank you all for listening uh, to my story. Um, If you, if you need anybody, you know, if you need somebody to support you, 
I am here for you. That is my mission is to support others. And uh, like you said, like we're here doing good in the world. And, you know, if just one person is impacted by this conversation, I know I made a difference today in the world and that's all that matters. So thank you. Thank you so much, mate. We are going to nick any way that people can use to contact off of you. We're going to make sure Jesse's got that and he can put it into the descriptions on the shows and make sure it's there for notes. So if anyone wants to contact you direct, they can do. If they are nervous about doing that for any reason, please, guys, contact me, contact Jesse. We'll introduce you. We have no problem with doing that for you guys, okay? Tyler, thank you so much. We're now going to go for a quick break. Uh, then it will come back to me and Jesse talking about Tyler behind his back, and he's not going to know what we say until the show goes out. So, so he might be travelling to Britain to give me a slap. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> there you go. I warned you. Okay, Jesse warned you. I warned you. We both warned you. Uh, what do you think? I mean, seriously, you're sat there in your car. You're walking your dog right now, and you've just had Tyler Hall pretty much bear everything that he went through in a really weirdly changing world in a place where he's just trying to help people and i just jesse i cannot even imagine going through the things that tyler went through and coming out of it that positive what the hell yeah you say that but the reality is like i was thinking about this a lot actually because a lot of what Tyler has been through has actually been later. I think things got worse as he got older. But yeah. he, he never was not in what I would call like a loving household, as it were. No, that that wasn't didn't. the issue. He didn't receive any any hardships because when he was a child. No. But I guess the, right. the guess the guess uh, the point I'm making is that because we, we people have started saying this on mental health stuff, which I'm really pleased about. But actually, it extends to life experiences. You can't compare one person's you know positive and negative experiences to another because they're all different to different people at the time based on so many factors. Yeah. You know, you've you've had loss in your life that you've had to cope with. I've had difficult things and loss and stuff to cope with. I think what's... Uh, I said I was going to say this word again. What's profound about what Tyler was talking about is actually, you know, at the time, you know, during something bad happening, of course you've got to deal with it. But then... It's what you then make out of it afterwards, isn't it? That's that's essentially what I got out of what he was saying. You can choose to dwell, and I know people who do this. You know, you they dwell on the negativity, um, and you can use that just to feel sorry for yourself or to promote more negative things happening moving forward, or despite, or in spite, or just as a turnaround, you can do good things. And make things better. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought it was really profound, and and uh, yeah, I thought it's quite a funny one because it was a it was a longer nugget. You know, Newton's nuggets in the early days were you know do do some marketing or 
if you're going to a network meeting, meeting, don't be a knob. You know, they were they were the sort of things that we <laughs> early days of Newton's Nuggets. And this one was a good few sentences, but actually they all tie together really nicely into quite a substantial nugget. You're right, mate. We when when you consider how we started this whole show, it really was just a few minutes of if you're worried about this, do this, it will help you. There you go, bye bye. That was it. That was really pretty much it. Yeah. And now we've got people like Tyler coming on. And and I'm I'm being honest with what I said. I cannot comprehend going through some of the things that he's gone through. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what you just said kind of hit me in the face like a wet kipper when you said, "But Paul, you've gone through some stuff." And and and, and, and one one of those things in particular, he couldn't imagine because he's not been through it either. Yeah. And and yeah, I I appreciate you stopped there and didn't say some of the stuff that I've gone through. Enough of it has been public to be blatantly honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I've gone through too much. And. So other people, other people could try and compare what I've gone through to what Tyler's gone through, and you're right. That even trying to compare that is the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Well, do people look at what I've gone through and go, "Wow, I couldn't comprehend that"? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that's weird, isn't it? That's weird to me. That was just getting by the thing is every and the reality is even if they'd been through similar things they don't know what it was like to be you in that situation i mean you know i've got the added pressure of being bald which (laughs) (laughs) i was worried what what you were going to say there because that could have been a catastrophe uh, it's, it's nice that we've made light of this situation. Good. Really, really <laughs> Welcome good. to the was... sensible business podcast. <laughs> but you know what? And I know I get mugged out for it, and certain people that I really care about tell me off for it. But that's my defence. Yeah. I will just take the mick out of something because I'm going to laugh at it at some point. Why not now? Yeah. Um, and actually, Jesse, you know, something happened over the weekend that really, really annoyed me really brought me down i was so wound up it was unbelievable and it was all completely my fault now the funny thing is that jesse sent a couple of messages that were the right messages to send uh one of them was along the lines of shut up you idiot come play xbox <laughs> you're Which, welcome <laughs> it amused me it worked um but yeah i've i've rectified that as much as i can and you've got to move on you you have to um so I'm going to say, you see all those memes and all those Facebook posts saying about be kind to people because you don't know what battle they're going through. It's true. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, and that battle to you might seem insignificant. That battle to you might be so scary you can never understand what that person's going through. We're all different. I mean, I'm Jesse, you dropped an absolute bomb there, mate. We're all different and you shouldn't compare. Um I like that. I like that. Uh, back to Tyler. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm also not poo-pooing those early nuggets because you shouldn't be a knob if you go to a networking meeting. Just saying. It's a good shout, mate. <laughs> We've met far too many of them at networking meetings and wedding fairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mate, this. When we're not on air, I'll share with you what's happening for the next month, and I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be need a padded cell at the end of it. 
Um, Tyler, what a story. Um, yeah. Something that that really resonated with me was was when Tyler said along the lines of, if you're traveling too fast, just stop and have a look around. Yeah. I mean, if you're traveling too fast, you will hit objects far too hard. And then that reminded me of the Ferris Bueller thing of stop, take a break every so often, look around. Notice how good things actually generally are. Um, there's too much crap in the world at the moment. Enjoy the nice things around you. Yeah. Um, Jesse. Jesse. Yes, Paulie. You're one of the nice things around me. Well, that's true. <laughs> Apart from when I'm uh, in a, a sense of humour moment, in which case I'm one of the annoying things around you. <laughs> I think, I think the best thing we, me and you have learned in the last couple of weeks is that one of us being on a sugar rush is bad. Both of us at the same time is just funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That, that, Nerdcon, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, what, what was Tyler's nugget? Because um, I know you, this was quite a long one for us. Yeah, so he, he said about taking... You've got the ability to to make your life what it's going to be and you can choose you basically have the choice whether you try and be positive or negative yeah um and part of that is not letting the past determine the the future essentially um and being in the, so basically his nugget was be in the present be in the now this is it and, and there was because you're right it was one of the longest nuggets we've ever had but he, he got me in the first little bit when he said you have the ability to make your life what it is whatever choices you've made in the past they don't have to be permanent you can go i might have made a mistake there let's do something else yeah why not um we had chris Dawes back on here a little while ago and in the his latest interview he said I think I made a bit of a boo-boo there. I'm going this way. Yeah. And how much happier does he seem to be because of that? Uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you can you can get wrapped up in doing doing the things that you see people doing. Yeah. Um, and I have this conversation from a marketing perspective, but it's true from business generally, that you don't have to be doing everything that everybody else is doing. No, no, completely agree with you. And what can you imagine, right? If everyone concentrated more on happy, rather than doing the things they think they're meant to do, or doing the things they think other people think they are meant to do, well, what about everyone for happy? Yeah, and it's interesting because. Um... To draw a parallel, I know. Uh, so, for example, if people people who are YouTubers, and that can be any of a number of different things, they typically have to put out three or four lots of content in a week, and they're social mediaing about it to back it up, and they have email campaigns and things, and they're doing all of these different things, and they've got to do all of this to keep their view count up, and if they miss something, they see their view count drop, etc. There's one YouTuber who's not around, unfortunately, at the like not putting content out anymore. But at the time, they were doing one video a week, and I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or Wednesday in the evening UK time. One bit of content, no social media to back it up, apart from 
I think they might have used Twitter just because they were on Twitter, but not not particularly for promotional pr- purposes. But they spent the week just having fun, doing a project and filming all of it, and that got turned into the video that went out on a Tuesday. And sometimes it would be a big project, sometimes it's something they'd spent an hour on. And that's all they did, and they were one of the most successful ones because they just worried about having a great time. I love that idea. And so, so I, I always say this, you know, oh, you've got to be on Instagram and LinkedIn, and you've got to be doing this, and you're going to be doing that, and you've got to be doing TikTok, blah, blah, blah. Just pick the ones that you can have fun on, the ones that you actually enjoy, because that's yeah. the ones you'll keep up doing. Yeah, yeah, there are certain ones that you know I'm rubbish at, and therefore we don't let me touch them. And that's what that's what Chris well, ended up you know, that was what Chris was saying about he got wrapped up in doing this, this and this and actually he didn't like some of it. Yeah. But he Mate, had the he had the strength to say no. So Right, on that we I'm gonna I'm gonna push us forward because yes. I know we are short of time. Uh another tier of the week. Jesse, play that jingle. It's time for the Nuggeteer of the Week. Well done, sir. Love that. Um, Nuggeteer of the week this week. Actually, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm really chuffed, really proud, weirdly happy. Um, didn't think I would ever give a Nuggeteer of the week to this person, but we <laughs> talked about it. Nuggeteer Paul, Paulie and I, uh, before you say it, Paulie uh, and I discussed this, and Paul was just like, uh, so-and-so? And I was like, yes, in fact, it's overdue. We should have done this ages ago. So I want to make that very clear, that Paul was very like, oh, does this is this a bit weird that I'm going down this route? Go for yeah, it, Paulie. Could, could you, you asked a question, has anyone done this in the last week? And I went, yeah, this person has. And then Jesse went, yes, yes, yes. We need to do that because they always support, they've done loads of shares, they've done loads of this, done loads of that, done constant, like, for the last couple of years, okay, mm-hmm. since the show started, he has been there and he has backed it. And and weirdly, whenever I see him, he subtly backs it, which from from blokey bloke tendency family is weird, okay? But he's been brilliant. Yeah. And that person is my big brother, David New. So, Dave, if you listen to this one, you get a couple of badges with my face on it. You lucky, <laughs> lucky thing. <laughs> Just that makes me so happy. <laughs> um, but seriously, it, it was lovely. When I said Dave's name, and Jesse just went off on one about, yes, this is right, it should be done, we should have done this ages ago. Um, I think we kind of, I don't know, we almost put a block on him getting nuggets, nuggeteer, because cause he's my brother. Yeah, and but also from my personal point of view, I'm just so used to like several times a week, whether it's Paul Newton magic, whether it's mental theft, you know, the book, Newton's nuggets. He yeah. is just constantly promoting you out from different yeah. channels, different places, um, and with it's almost like that you get used to it because he does so much. Um, but yeah, I, as soon as you said his name, I was just like, God, how have we not made him Nuggeteer of the Week already? And, and mate, seriously, if you knew how much we used to beat the life out of each other, it's amazing. <laughs> Brotherly love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Right, ladies and gents, we really do. Have we got anything else we need to announce? Um, no, we had the advert earlier, so go and look at the details of that. Go and uh, buy tickets to Paul's show. Oh, yeah, because we've already recorded the advert. Yeah, good point. Awesome, thanks. Not that I forgot. Uh, did you get anywhere with not mentioning to anybody about doing special offers for advertising during September, October sort of time? No, no. Okay. Completely forgot. Completely okay. forgot. I've been. So you you don't want me to you don't want me to mention the fact that we might you know at a push do a special offer if somebody comes to us and says what, for September. No, yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't think we should mention it, mate. We'll just keep this bit as a production meeting. Okay. And then and then if we cut back into. Ladies and gents, thank you so much for coming to the show. You lot are awesome. I love, uh, we love the feedback. We love we the do. comments. We really, really love you guys being involved in this. Um, so we can cut back into that, right? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Um, I don't, um, Jesse. Hello. Do you know what? For a change, you end the show. Right then. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, it's a good bye from me, and it's a good bye from him. Say goodbye, Bye-bye. Paulie. And uh, we will see you all again next week for another episode of Newton's Nuggets. Yay! The crowd go wild. Woo! Yay! Woo, 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 woo. Ho, ho, ho.